Less than 24 hours, Georgians will be under a shelter-in-place order. McDonald, though, said he did not know the man was handcuffed and was trying to use his foot to pin him to the ground so he could be handcuffed. If your friends, neighbors, or local organizations are not complying, report them to us. Howdy, y'all, and welcome to the Free Georgia Podcast. My name is Jake Green. Thank you so much for joining me during this month of December. Um, really appreciate the listen, the view, all of it. Um, we've had a really good year thus far um, in 2023 as far as um, spreading the message of liberty throughout Georgia, having some events. Um, this podcast has gotten more views than it ever has before, um, as well as our Thursday night podcast, which is live. Um, on YouTube and Rumble and Facebook and Twitter. Um, so if you ever want to tune into that, it's called Liberty Libations every Thursday night at 8 p.m. Um, it's me and three other guys who have a drink and just talk uh, the latest week's news. Um, news, culture, politics, all that kind of stuff. And we just kind of have a good time. We have trivia um, every week. It's it's really fun. So um, if you haven't tuned into that, make sure you do so. You can find it on all audio podcast platforms as well. It's not just uh, the video version. So uh, you can get it on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, all of the above. Um, all right. So for the month of December, you're going to hear this intro four times um, because I decided uh, far too late to get some guests on um, and record before December. I decided um, I'm taking December's and June's off of podcasting. So they will, anything in December or June will be pre-recorded. <clears throat> um, Liberty Libations on Thursday nights will go on without me. We will have guest hosts for the Thursdays that I will not be there. Um, my company will still produce all of the podcasts, but um, I will not be the host. Uh, I just every now and then it'd be nice to just have a month off from from doing this. Um, I love doing it. I just I would like. Uh, yeah, I mean, everybody likes time off. I got a million house projects that have piled up. And so uh, time to do those. <laughs> um, so, yeah. Uh, so don't be alarmed if you hear this intro repeatedly. Um, it is what it is. Um, I will be for the second half of these episodes or actually the majority of these episodes, they will be reruns of what I think were under viewed and under listened to episodes from the past couple years uh, and even just parts of episodes. So we are going to have two episodes on Bitcoin. Um one episode on our Banish Big Brother project and one episode on overreach of government. And um, so these are all episodes that we have previously aired. Shane Hazel is the guest on two of them. Um, I believe Elizabeth Melton is the guest on one and is just me as a solo episode uh, on one as well. So uh, if you have already heard these and you don't want to listen to them again, you know, once once you get to a point where where you get all the information that you need, uh, feel free to turn it off. But um, if you haven't watched those or listened to those, um, I would encourage you to stick around because I think they're filled with very important information. I chose two Bitcoin ones because of what is happening with Bitcoin and because of what is happening with inflation and the dollar. Um, 
And so I chose two with Shane Hazel, who is uh, the Georgia libertarian guru, I guess, on on Bitcoin. Um, and so, yeah, yeah, I think it's a good time for more and more people to learn about Bitcoin, for you to be able to share this with friends and family at your uh, uh, holiday gatherings, at your Christmas gatherings. So, yeah, that. That's what this that's what this month is going to be. It's going to be a few reruns with this particular intro during which I will talk about lpgeorgia.com. Um, go to lpgeorgia.com if you have any questions, if you need to renew your membership, if you need to learn about what we believe um, as far as libertarian philosophy, um, what we're doing around the state of Georgia to spread freedom and liberty and uh, to try to limit the size of government and get our folks into government positions to help us do that. Um, we have all sorts of information on our website. So go there. You can also reach out to any one of us. We are always happy to talk about um, liberty and our philosophy and why we believe it and what our what the basis of our philosophy is, because I think it's very, very misunderstood um, in today's world. So um, please feel free to reach out through that. Um, you can reach out to me personally through the Jake Green uh, on Twitter or uh, podcast at lpgeorgia.com if you uh, if you want to email. And then you can also go to LP Georgia. You can go to Twitter at LP Georgia to to message us there as well if you would like to. Um, also, if you're interested in coming to the 2024 convention. Tickets are currently $75 as of December 4th. On December 6th, they go up to $85. Um, the convention is the 26th through the 28th of January. It is down in Conyers, Georgia at the VFW. All the information that you could possibly need as to uh, accommodations, where it's at, who's speaking is on, on our website once again. Um, we have some great speakers coming. We have Spike Cohen, Shane Hazel, Sarah Higdon, Adam Nutter. Um, the website says Edgar Mills at the moment. Edgar may or may not be able to be there. Um, it depends on some personal things. So um, we also have the Tower Gang pod who is coming um, to do a podcast there, I believe. And um, we have uh, a six-way debate for the presidential candidates of the Libertarian Party. So six folks running for president will be debating at LP Georgia's convention. So make sure you get your tickets now while they're 75 bucks. If you wait two more days, they will go up in price. So um, yeah, yeah, make sure to come out. We uh, The last two conventions that I've been to have been absolutely phenomenal. We had a great time at the Great Create. Um, that was uh, a really big event that we threw this summer. Um, and then we will have booths and uh, people selling things and people teaching things and trainings and all sorts of stuff at, at conventions. So make sure you get your tickets now. Um, without further ado, this week's airing is Your Brain on Government, episode number 22 from the Free Georgia podcast, which was last year, late last year. I believe, I think it was in December of last year that we aired this one. It didn't get nearly enough used as it should have, probably because it was airing during the holiday season. So uh, we're really doing it justice by airing it in the holiday season once again. 
But uh, yeah, this is all about what the government does to you that you don't really know about or that you might overlook um, and things that you can be on the lookout for um, so as not to be taken advantage of or um, messed with in ways that you shouldn't be messed with by your government. So without further ado, here we go. I'd like to start by updating y'all. So last week we talked a lot about the World Economic Forum. We're going to talk a lot about that today too, because now it's over. Um, it's a week of stupidity that happens in Switzerland every year. Um, it's actually stupidity from our view. It's very, very intelligent people getting together to try to ruin the world is basically what the World Economic Forum is. And in case you weren't aware, our governor, the guy that many of you elected here in Georgia, uh, went to Davos this year to be a, a panelist and hold a bunch of meetings uh, while he was there. Uh, it was speculation why he got invited. My thought was that he, um, my thought was that since he got Hyundai and Rivian and a couple other massive manufacturers to come to Georgia and create jobs for Georgians um, and kind of be a somewhat at the forefront of the electric revolution, I guess. Um, they wanted him there to talk about that and talk about, uh, I guess, the election, which you'll see here in a minute. So um, I'm going to share my screen and I've learned how to do this much better uh, recently, which is pretty great. Uh, last Liberty Libations. So this is America Unbound World Economic Forum. Um, the speakers were... Bjorg Brende, Brian Kemp, Kirsten Cinema, who's a, I believe a senator from Arizona, uh, Christopher Coons, another senator, Joe Manchin, senator from West Virginia, Maria Elvira Salazar, I don't remember what her title was, uh, Mickey Sherrill and J.B. Pritzker, don't remember what, why they're involved in this, but I thought we would listen to some of our glorious governor talk. Um, and just bear with me because the moderator for this is absurdly boring and painful to listen to. Let me remove this background. It is distracting. Um, painful to listen to. His questions are stupid, verging on completely irrelevant. Um, so just bear with me through that. But uh, let's get to Brian Kemp all over the world uh, ah, hang on let me fix my audio so there's no echo for you um during the last elections um you um were very uh, clear on some uh principles you were re-elected uh, a broad majority now um of course there has been some reflections of why the republicans didn't do better uh in uh, the House uh, uh, rep House election with, with representatives. And a lot of the candidates that were um, election deniers uh, were not elected. Any reflections on that because of your own background too? Because you came under some pressure, but you, you didn't really give in on that, did you? 
Well, I mean, look, I wouldn't want to try to speculate on, you know, every member, every Republican candidate for, for Congress or the United States Senate outside what we saw in Georgia. My own perspective is I think the people of the state that I represent, which is a great one, uh, they, you know, look, they want us to know, they want to know the differences between the candidates, but they also want to know what <laughs> we're for. Like, what are they going to get the next four years? And that's something that we just stayed focused on. And I think when you look at the at the Republican ticket in the state of Georgia, um, we've had two record years in a row economically. Our mid-year numbers will probably break last year's numbers if you take out the two big mega, mega projects we had. We talked about the things that we did on teacher pay raises, on school security, our two health care waivers, even though uh, a lot of the bureaucracy in Washington, D.C. was trying to hold those up. We had innovative solutions that are lower in private sector costs and bringing more access to people, uh, really pushing back to the one-size-fits-all narrative that my opponent's been driving for literally six years now. And uh, I think people bought into that. They bought into a politician that and, – and I got this question at the end of the campaign. Uh, a reporter said, what's your closing message to people? And I asked the question to the voters, you know, look at the candidates and ask who's been fighting for you. Who was fighting to keep your business open when all the pressure from both political parties, from people in high places, from a lot of other people that were sitting in their basement on a computer. Okay, let's pause it. Great screenshot right there. Uh, he didn't fight for crap. People have such a short memory. He has a short memory. He's counting on you having a short memory. He locked us down. He said, turn in your neighbors. It's literally in our, in our opening title sequence. Um, he said, if you or someone you know, if someone you know or see is doing something that they shouldn't, report it to us. And by that, he meant if they're breaking the lockdowns, if they're out socializing with people, turn in your friends and neighbors. He didn't protect us from anything. Yes, he reopened sooner than a bunch of other governors, but he locked us down to begin with and threatened us with jail, prison. It's absolutely ridiculous. Let's keep going. Was not to stay open, was not to reopen our economy. Who was pushing to get our kids back in the classroom? Well, we did all of those things. And, you know, we proved that we were fighting for people. We were fighting for election security. We were fighting for people to have a good paying job and to have, you know, to survive, to li live, a, to fight another day economically in our state. Uh, we fought for our people by giving them a billion dollars of their tax money back to help them fight through 40-year high inflation. Do you realize what a billion dollars does uh, through – the state of Georgia. Actually, let's let's actually just look this up real quick. Uh, popu population of Georgia. Let's see. Ten point seven million. So let's do the math here. So that's one billion divided by. Want to guess how much per person was given back? Uh, our own money, mind you. It's our own taxpayer money. We paid it. 
You want to know how much per person was given back to the Georgia citizens? $93.46. So thanks, Brian Kemp. That billion dollars really helped out a lot of people. Um, let's keep going. Because in my opinion of a lot of bad policies in Washington, D.C., and the voters of, of my state, the great state of Georgia, certainly responded to that. Well, thank you, Governor. Um, how does it look seeing it from uh, the capital, your capital, and looking at uh, D.C.? Um, there's a lot of partisanship. And, of course, there will be disagreements in the democracy. But do you think it has gone so far that it can be a negative factor for America now moving forward? Well, listen, I think from my perspective, a lot of frustration with Washington, D.C. I understand, you know, Senator Coombs' position on the IRA. Uh, but, you know, that hurt Georgia-based uh, electric vehicle companies in our state. It was not treating them fairly. I believe the legislation picked winners and losers. Thankfully, I think the administration is working on, on fixing that. I don't think we were treated fairly in a state because we had been open. We had a low unemployment rate. So, the level of funding coming out of Washington, D.C. and the current administration, we were treated differently from New York and California. You know, their citizens per capita were getting more money than ours. And so that's frustrating to some someone like me as a governor that just wants to be uh, have our citizens treated treated fairly. You know, there's frustrations, quite honestly. Look, if there's gridlock in Washington, D.C., uh, one thing you can count on is the stability in a great economy, a great business environment in the state of Georgia, and we're going to keep rocking and rolling. But it is frustrating to have to deal with the fentanyl crisis because we simply cannot secure our border in this country. And I'm hopeful that something gets done. But, you know, my advice, take it for what it's worth. While we're waiting on that, just secure the border. I mean, literally every governor in the country is dealing with the fentanyl crisis. We're dealing with street gang crisis. We're dealing with human trafficking crisis, and those are the issues that we're trying to tackle at the state level. Uh, but I believe much could be solved, and I think there will be broad bipartisan support for simply, in the meantime, you, while you're working on these things, to secure the dang border. So I don't know about you, but that last little bit kind of sounded like something from a presidential speech or somebody trying to maybe hint at running for president in the future. He's talking about issues outside of his state that are affecting our state, the fentanyl crisis, uh, the, the border crisis, the whatever else he said. Um, so I don't know. There's something, there's something about that that made me think that he might be wanting to run for president um, at some point. I mean, he did beat Stacey Abrams twice and, Stacey Abrams is like the golden child of the Democratic Party. They love her. They love losers over there. And, and she's the best at losing <laughs> um, to someone who's barely competent. Let's face it, barely competent. Anyway, that's neither here nor there. I found it interesting that throughout the entire time he was talking, it was lie after lie and exaggerations and had nothing to do with what the question was. It it just didn't seem like it. He just doesn't seem like he fits there. Um, and so I don't know. He just he's just a liar. Uh, he lied about a whole bunch of stuff during that video. So 
let's uh i'm not going to mute myself anymore that's for sure because i ended up uh talking when uh, i was completely muted so let's go to another video we won't watch this whole thing it's five minutes but i just thought it was funny are here i don't know i think he could have given me you have a good explanation sir we're not doing interviews right now if you'd like to do something you can call our team at the office and be glad to try to well we can walk and talk for a couple of minutes <laughs> governor really quickly what do you say to your critics who think this is a globalist event i'll walk and talk we're good i apologize how come you're blocking the governor from answering to his constituents what would you say to your critics who think this is not the right place for america sir, first republican we're trying to I think my story is pretty clear. Well, but, but here you are with a bunch of globalists. Alex Soros is here. Why are you coming to a Soros event? Just, I'm, I'm sure you have a good explanation. Sir, we're not doing interviews right now. If you'd like to do something, you can call our team at the office and be glad to try to. Well, we can walk and talk for a couple of minutes. Is this a rebuke to the America First Wing of your party? There's a lot of censors here, a lot of big tech censors here. Do you, do you criticize that? Have you talked to any of the globalists or censors and let them know your First Amendment point of view? So anyway, it goes on like that for quite a while. Um, I think it's five full minutes of that dude following, following Brian Kemp and Brian Kemp not answering one question. And mind you, they're super benign, easy questions to answer. Um, it would not have been difficult for him to actually give a real interview, you know, walk and talk. Um, yeah, very benign. I just thought it was funny that he absolutely was not going to talk to this reporter. Rebel News, they do some good stuff. Uh, they do some really good reporting. Um, so if you want to if you want to go watch them, watch some of their stuff, go to their YouTube channel. All right. Now for the main topic of the day, which is um, a specific talk that was given at the World Economic Forum. We're going to watch quite a bit of it right here. Um, we're not going to watch all 30 minutes of it, but at least the first uh, five to 10 minutes or so. Um, so if you're watching this, you can see the people talking. If you're not, obviously you can't. Um, during her demonstration, she's going to show some slides. She's going to show some pictures. She's going to show some graphics. Um, I'll pause and try to describe them to you um, so that you know what's going on if you're consuming this via audio. So here we go. Hello, everybody. I'm Nicholas Thompson. I'm the CEO of The Atlantic, and I will be your moderator today. We are going to have an incredible session. Star of the show is Nita Farahani. She is a futurist and legal ethicist at Duke, and she's so smart and so interesting. You're gonna learn a ton. This is how it's gonna work. We're gonna watch a short video. She's gonna come on stage and talk, and then we're gonna do a little Q&A, questions from the audience, and that'll be a wrap, and you'll leave enlightened and excited. So first off, a video. Uh, it's gonna make you see the future and understand a wonderful future where we can use brainwaves to fight crime, be more productive, and find love. Let's roll. You're in the zone. Even you can't believe how productive you've been. Your memo is finished, your inbox is under control, and you're feeling sharper than you have in a decade. 
Sensing your joy, your playlist shifts to your favorite song. Sending chills up your spine as the music begins to play. You glance at the program running in the background on your computer screen and notice a now familiar sight that appears whenever you're overloaded with pleasure, your theta brainwave activity decreasing in the temporal regions of your brain. You mentally move the cursor to the left and scroll through your brain data over the past few hours. You can see your stress levels rising as the deadline to finish your memo approached, causing a peak in your beta brainwave activity right before an alert popped up, telling you to take a brain break. But what's that unusual change in your brain activity when you're asleep? It started earlier in the month. You send a text message to your doctor with a mental swipe of your cursor. Could you take a quick look at my brain data? Anything to worry about? Your mind starts to wander to the new colleague on your team, whom you know you shouldn't be daydreaming about, given the policy against intra-office romance. But you can't help fantasizing just a little. But then you start to worry that your boss will notice your amorous feelings when she checks your brain activity and shift your attention back to the present. You breathe a sigh of relief when the email she sends you later that day congratulates you on your brain metrics from the past quarter, which have earned you another performance bonus. You head home jamming to the music with your work-issued brain-sensing earbuds still in. When you arrive at work the next day, a somber cloud has fallen over the office. Along with emails, text messages, and GPS location data, the government has subpoenaed employees' brainwave data from the past year. They have compelling evidence that one of your coworkers has committed massive wire fraud. Now, they're looking for his co-conspirators. You discover they are looking for synchronized brain activity between your coworker and the people he has been working with. While you know you're innocent of any crime, you've been secretly working with him on a new startup venture. Shaking, you remove your earbuds. What do you think? Is it a future you're ready for? You may be surprised to learn that it's a future that has already arrived. Everything in that video that you just saw is based on technology that is already here today. Artificial intelligence has enabled advances in decoding brain activity in ways that we never before thought possible. You've heard a lot about AI over the past few years. Here at Davos, it's been the talk of the hour, but I wanna talk about it in a different way, which is the ability to decode brainwave activity. After all, what you think, what you feel, it's all just data. Data that in large patterns can be decoded using artificial intelligence. Consider this, the average person thinks thousands of thoughts each day. As a thought takes form, like, a math calculation, you're happy, you're tired, you're hungry, you're elated. Neurons are firing in your brain, emitting tiny electrical discharges. As a particular thought takes form, hundreds of thousands of neurons fire in characteristic patterns that can be decoded with EEG, or electroencephalography, and AI-powered devices. In fact, what you're seeing here is my brain activity while I'm wearing a simple device like the one on the right. We're not talking about implanted devices of the future. 
I'm talking about wearable devices that are like Fitbits for your brain. It used to be that there was very little we could tell from EEG activity. But already, using consumer wearable devices, these are headbands, uh, hats that have sensors that can pick up your brainwave activity, earbuds, headphones, tiny tattoos that you can wear behind your ear. We can pick up emotional states, like are you happy or sad or angry? We can pick up and decode faces that you're seeing in your mind. Simple shapes, numbers, your PIN number to your bank account. It's not just your brain activity here that we can pick up. We can also pick up your brain activity in different places, like as your neurons fire from your brain down your arm and send signals to your hand to tell you how to type, move. All of that can be decoded through electromyography, and that's what you're seeing here is a device now in the form of a simple wearable watch that can pick up that activity. And in one of the pivotal acquisitions of the field, Meta acquired this company, Control Labs, in 2019 because major tech companies are investing in helping to make these devices universally applicable as the way in which we interact with the rest of our technology. In fact, the coming future, and I mean near-term future, is these devices being the primary way in which we interact with all of the rest of our technology. All right. That's all I can watch right now. If you would like to watch the rest of it, um, you can go to the World Economic Forum's website, weforum.org, and it's the title of the of the video is Ready for Brain Transparency? Um, if you're not freaked out by that, if you don't find that creepy, this probably isn't the podcast for you. <laughs> um, yeah, you're probably in the wrong place if you find that at all okay. Because, I mean, the fact that this thing on my arm, I wear, basically, it's basically a Fitbit, it's called a whoop strap, can monitor some of my brainwave activity and they can see, and it can be used to see what I'm typing with that hand and how my hand does different gestures. And I have no control over what they use that data for. That's a pretty horrifying thought. Um, the fact that this is already happening, that opening video, that opening video, they're going to try to make that the norm. They already installed cameras on people's computers to watch their eyes so that they know if they're if an employee is working. Um, they already, you know, uh, they have mouse sensors so they know if the person's mouse is moving so they know if the person's working. This is one big. It, it, they they market it as like work efficiency or um, being a good worker and trying to gather as much data as possible to make the company as efficient as possible so that everybody wins and everybody makes more money and um, people do a good job and people are held accountable for things. But what's what all of this is going to end up doing is being used to attack people that people in power do not like and do not want around anymore.
I don't know about you, but I don't. If you're convicting somebody based on their brainwave activity, um, if you're finding accomplices to somebody based on synchronized brainwave activity, um, that's a minority report future seeing BS. Um, and that's a that's a horrifying future that we that apparently we're going down um, because everyone wears wearable devices. She talks about uh, later on, she talks about like earbuds, like headphones, um, like wireless ones, um, not ones like these, thank goodness, but stuff like this, Apple AirPods. Um, they could have sensors in them that monitor your brainwave activity so that you don't have to lift a finger in order to exist on earth. You can just think things and they happen. The caveat to that, to that kind of convenience, the convenience of being able to write an email, um, you know, change a program, switch from one tab to the other with just your brain, send a text message, all these different things, all these things that you can do without literally lifting a finger. The convenience of that comes with a caveat, and that caveat will be you will be watched and surveilled for the entirety of your life <laughs> once you give in to that first step. Um, you want to talk about dystopian futures. I mean, that whole scenario that she laid out at the beginning of that with that cartoon, if, you, if you're watching, it was a cartoon um, that she was describing um, about the lady at work who was nervous about being a co-conspirator with, with somebody else who got arrested. Um, I mean, I can't think of a more dystopian future. There are so many movies and books that, that, that have that exact scenario kind of scenario in it. Um, and they're portraying this as a good thing. Like, if you go watch more of the World Economic Forum, you're going to see that this is not a standalone thing. They're, they, they want to be able to surveil you all the time. They want to be able to keep tabs on you no matter where you go. Um, and I can't speak for everybody's intentions with this kind of stuff. But what I do know is that it will absolutely be used by governments and by large, powerful companies and people to control, manipulate, and ruin certain people that they deem unworthy to be allowed to do what they want to do. That's a pretty, pretty terrifying thought. So definitely go watch some of this because these people, all these people who gather at this World Economic Forum each year are people who are making decisions that affect your life. Brian Kemp is there. A whole bunch of other senators are there. There are tons of people at this um, at this convention forum, whatever you want to call it, that that are behind the scenes or right out in front, just laying down laws, putting legislation in place, um, all sorts of things to that affect you and how you live your everyday life and that will affect it far into the future. These aren't things that can just be, once a law is in place, it's super difficult to take it back. It's super difficult to unmake that law. 
And so once these laws are in, in place, they're pretty much there. They're pretty much there, if not forever, for a very long time. So pay attention to what your uh, leaders are doing um, behind the scenes when they're not uh, out in front in public on, on camera, you know, um, promising that they'll give you welfare or whatever. Who gives a crap? Um, yeah. As a counter to that, I thought this was a good time to bring up that Elizabeth Melton, our director of communications, has put together a presentation on smart cities. Smart cities seem to be using some of these tactics that you just saw and many, many more to sell you convenience while making it a complete police state that can observe everything you do. Um, these are being implemented all across the United States, even here in Georgia. Um, and she has a wonderful presentation, let's see, that talks about this. It's just under an hour long. Let me bring it up. There we go. It's just under an hour long. You can go to our YouTube channel, which you might be watching this on right now. Libertarian Party of Georgia is our YouTube channel. Um, it's Life in a Smart City. And it goes into great detail of everything that is involved in smart cities. Um, some of it you probably already know. Some of it you might find okay and not really a big deal. Um, I assure you that all of it is a very big deal, especially when you combine them all together. So if you have time um, and a desire, please go watch Smart Cities. Um, also, if you end up watching it and you would like uh, you like more info on it or how to uh, approach your city council or local government um, about these smart cities and present it to them at a city council meeting or whatever, email operations at lpgeorgia.com. Um, and in the subject line, put in smart city and Elizabeth will get back to you and she'll give you the PowerPoint presentation. Um, she'll go over some of the details with you because she's presented this at city council before. And the goal is to try to get as many cities to not do this, to like put into writing that they will not implement these uh, regulations. Um, in their cities. So if you have the interest, if you have any interest in doing that, reach out to her operations at lpgeorgia.com smart city in the subject line. All right, y'all. Thank y'all so much for tuning in to the free Georgia podcast this week. Really appreciate it. Um, make sure you go visit lpgeorgia.com for any questions about the Libertarian Party. Um, you can message me via Twitter at the Jake Green. You can also follow us on Twitter at lpgeorgia. Um, we're also on Facebook and Instagram. Instagram is Libertarian Party of Georgia. Facebook is also Libertarian Party of Georgia. We have a lot of followers on Twitter and um, 
and Facebook. So if you want to interact with the most amount of libertarians, that's the that's the place to do it. We're still growing our Instagram account. Um, and you can hop on there and help us grow it. That'd be fantastic. Um, again, make sure you buy your convention tickets. Uh, they're on they're on sale for if it's well, they're on sale for 85 bucks at this point. Um, if you're listening to this, they're probably on sale for 85 bucks at this point. So um, get them now. It's going to be a great time. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be at the convention. I know Shane is going to be at the convention. Just a bunch. It's going to be awesome. It's going to be a fantastic time. Um, so make sure you get your tickets now. Um, that'll do it, y'all. Thank you for a phenomenal year once again. Um, really appreciate it. Love doing this show. Love talking liberty um, and trying to spread it throughout our state and our nation. So that'll do it. Y'all have a good week. Peace.